How many of you know God is doing powerful things here at the Live Church? We're so excited that you're here today. Uh, if you're joining us by live stream today, we believe that God has something special for you. And uh, I'd like to sit up here and do a bunch of ad libs and be funny, but I got something burning in me. Can we just get to work this morning? And, uh, you know, God's doing some amazing things. And, you know, watching through, you know, we're living in different times. Pastor Walt talked about it last week, you know, about storms. And there's those that are entering storms, coming out of storms. But, but, but there's so much chaos kind of all around us. And so I believe, listen to me, that God works best when chaos is on the scene. And just because things look bad, come on, doesn't mean entirely that they are bad. And just because there's pandemics and then there's rumors of wars and all these things that are out there, you know, that could bring fear. We just sing about conquering fear. How many of you know that God works best when it doesn't look good? And uh, he can take things that look like they're being shaken. And a lot of times he'll shake it for the good. Listen, God didn't call us as Christians just to be managers. Managers want to keep things the same all the time, do things the same all the time, protect what we have. Listen, God called us to be leaders, and when chaos shows up, come on, we're filled with a power that's different from a power of the world. We're filled to, to rise up, shake things up, come on, and take it in the direction that God wants to go. And uh, come on, I'm preaching real good already this morning. I'm still recovering from the Cowboys losing last week, but I felt real good when the 49ers defense beat Aaron Rodgers. It's okay. If they beat Aaron Rodgers, it's okay that they beat Dak Prescott. Come on. And, uh, you know, I was driving. I'll tell this story real quick, and we'll jump into this. But driving, uh, we were driving up to Arlington to preach last weekend and, and got the opportunity to go to the Cowboy game. And so while we're driving, I noticed a car pulled over and broke down on the side of the road. And so my heart said, hey, be a loving neighbor and, and those kind of things. And the guy stepped out of the truck wearing a 49ers jersey, and I thought, no. I'm headed on straight. Come on, I am not stopping because I love myself and I love my cowboys. Come on. He said, love your neighbors, you love yourself. So uh, I told Pastor Walt that story, and he said, my gosh, no wonder we didn't win. And I told him, I said, we're not connecting dots here at the Life Church, right? And so we're, we're, we're excited about uh, that the 49ers did their job. If they beat Aaron Rodgers, it's okay. Come on, they beat Dak Prescott. There's still hope. And so in Isaiah chapter 61, I want to jump into this today. Aren't you glad that, that life is not a sporting event, that the kingdom of God is not based on sporting events? Because if it did, we'd all be killing each other, right? It's based on love. It's based on hope. It's based on truth. It's based on, Wayne said it earlier, taking the benefits of God, learning what they are, and realizing that God's benefits are from God. You can't earn it. You can't, you can't manipulate it. You can't... can't try to work it, that if I do this, I'm going to get more of the benefits of God. Listen, when you receive more of God, you're going to do, want to do more to please Him. That's how it works. But God's benefits come from God. And, and when you accept that, a lot of times people think, well, if I pray more, sing more, and, and that kind of thing, it's not, that, the traditions of men make the Word of God to no effect. It's not in, the, in just doing the deeds, it's in receiving who He is. And the Scripture says that we are the righteousness of God, that we're a new creation in Christ Jesus. And so we want to walk in that. We want to receive that benefit that it's not about how good I look. As I said it a couple of weeks ago, God's not looking for the standout. He's looking for the submitted. And those that will submit to the fact that he gave his life. And the scripture says that he came to give you abundant life. And, and we want you to walk in that. And so today I want to talk about several keys. Uh, uh, and, and I'm not preaching a sermon. I want you to get this this morning. Uh, uh, I want to talk about several keys that God has given us to overcome life circumstances. 
And they're not keys that we give ourselves. They're keys that come from God. The scripture says, Jesus said, I will give you keys to the kingdom. And if you have the keys to the kingdom, it just simply means you put the key in the door and open it. Come on and walk through the places that God has for you. And so, so circumstances come. And we're living in a time right now where, where inflation is trying to come. And, 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 and people are overwhelmed. They're burdened. They're scared. How do I move forward? But listen to me. God gave us keys that even in the midst of famine, come on somebody, God always comes through for his people. You know, if he's got to put a cloud in the sky, come on, you know, the scripture where he said, I see a cloud about the size of my hand when the rain hadn't come. And then all of a sudden, after years of drought, come on, they had a rain that flooded the territory. That's what God wants to do in your life. And as you hold on to the benefits, even in the midst of chaos, even when things don't look good, and you'll hold on to the promises of God and realize that God is faithful to his word. The scripture says that, that, that everything could pass away, heaven and earth could pass away, but not one letter of his word, come on, will fail. And so we're not standing here as weak vessels today. We don't sing these victory songs uh, unintentionally. We intentionally want to put that word into you so that when you're walking out life circumstances and, and going through things that look bigger than you are, you'll know how to rise up. Come on, somebody. That's what God wants for you. And so in Isaiah chapter 61, you can also reference this to Luke chapter 4. It's, it's one of the first messages that Jesus preached. And it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the good tidings to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, and opening of the prisons to those who are bound. Listen to me. God likes to free bound people. Maybe you know somebody that's bound. Maybe you're bound in your own life. I have good news for you. Jesus is the chief shepherd. If you go to Psalms chapter 23, we, we talked about it a while ago, you could compare some, some similar traits here. But Jesus is the, the chief shepherd, and, and through that, he wants to cover his people and help them go and break through and break, break the chains that are, bounding, are bound in their life, right? And so I'm not preaching that, but let's go to verse 2 in that. It says, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God. Listen, here's where we're starting. To comfort all who mourn to console those who mourn in Zion, to give them beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Listen to me, that they may be called trees of righteousness. And, and it's important that we understand that God wants us to be called trees of righteousness. Jesus didn't give his life just so we could do our own will, do our own thing, and then tag it on Sunday with a couple of praises. Jesus gave his life so there would be roots of righteousness that run deep within us. And if you look at any kind of healthy, uh, uh, you know, I've been to Africa, I've been to uh, Australia, I've been to Blue Mountains, I've been to uh, Peru, all different places. And anytime, what always catches me are different times of these beautiful trees that just stand out. And the reason that those trees can stand out is because they have a root system that run deep. Come on, and it finds where the water is. The scripture says that we're, we're, we're to be like trees that are planted by the rivers of living water, where our roots run deep. I love the way that it says that there. It says that they may be called trees of righteousness. And righteousness simply means right standing with God. You didn't earn it. You didn't buy it. Come on, somebody. Jesus paid a price so that we could become the righteousness of God. Look at somebody and say, I am the righteousness of God. Come on, work with me this morning. I am the righteousness of God. And it says here, but let's go back to the beginning of that. He says he wants to comfort all who mourn. Comfort all who mourn. Now, mourning, most people think is just, they think of as a death. 
when a death in the family happens or, or somebody close to you passes away, there's a mourning. But listen to me. What I've, what I've found out is many, many people are living with a spirit of grief or a spirit of mourning, and they don't know how to break free from the chains that they're bound in. Mourning means simply a, a loss in your life that leads to grief. could be a death, but it could also be loss of a job, loss of a relationship. It could be something that happened that caused you deep pain or, 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 or relationship issues or something that set you back. Somebody say setbacks. And so mourning, it means a loss. It means grie- to grieve due to a loss. And so we, wanna, we want, want you to understand this morning that any, it's any circumstance that causes one to grieve. That's why we talk about the circumstances of life. Sometimes, you know, circumstances of life just take you to places that you didn't intend to go, and then, and then it roots deeply in you. Well, the Scripture says that He wants to comfort all who mourn. And I tell you, as human beings, we're all mourning or going to mourn at some point. Or what I've discovered as a parent, sometimes we mourn in our lives, but listen to me, you can also mourn as a parent for your own children. And, 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 and so there's different levels of mourning something that's happened to you, something that's happened to somebody close to you, and it's a pain, an inner pain, that causes or takes the attention off the freedom that Jesus brings. And so we've got to become aware. That's why we say that, that Scripture says it's the truth we know that makes us free. So we've got to become aware. I remember when my, when my dad passed away. I made a decision in that moment. I could sit here and pout about it. I could sit here and say, oh, I wish this would have happened or circumstances would have been de- or different. But I made a decision that I'm going to go more, I'm going to reach more, I'm going to love more, I'm going to touch more. And I believe an anointing that was on his life transferred into my life, and the anointing that's on Pastor Walt's life transfers into my life. Come on, somebody. And we made a decision. We could sit here or return to ashes or return to destruction, but we're going to rise up in a spirit of faith and let the comforter, come on, heal the inner issues, heal and console And let's go change the world. Come on, somebody. Because the reality is we're all headed to heaven one day at some point. And so we all have a calling. We have a destiny. And these circumstances rise up to try to set you back. Or we get over into a religious mode that says, if I do this, sing this, do this, give this. You know, we get into this works mentality of formula. But listen to me. We're in a relationship with the comforter. And not only is he around us, but the scripture says that he lives in us. And he's here to comfort all who mourn, which will be all of us at some point in life. And so the word comfort there, I want to move forward quickly in this, but the word comfort there means to heal. It means to ease. It means to console. Listen to me. Comfort is not sympathy. Jesus doesn't operate in sympathy. Jesus operates in healing. I said Jesus doesn't operate in sympathy. Jesus operates in healing. When Peter cut the man's ear off, how many of you know Jesus didn't just sit there and feel sorry for Peter, for his anger, or feel sorry for the man who got his ear cut off? What did Jesus do? Jesus extended comfort. He extended healing. He reached out and touched him, and his ear was healed. And he didn't give up on Peter, too. He stayed with him. Come on. And gave him the opportunity to be restored in the process because that's who he is. Comfort opens up the door for recovery. Comfort opens up the door for restoration. It takes you from, you know, I say this a lot, but it takes you from where you are to where God wants you to be. And as you walk that out, trusting that God has something bigger and that God knows more than you do, you realize, hey, I'm not just in this to show up to church and and fill a role and, and look good and those kind of things. I'm in this because Jesus changed my life. I'm in here because when I had no hope, he gave me hope. Pastor Walt's here because when he was in his bedroom bound to drugs, God showed up and delivered him and filled him with comfort. Come on, somebody. 
And so we, 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 we believe this, and, and, and we believe that you're the righteousness of God. Do you believe that you're the righteousness of God? Because a pastor can't, be, can't believe it for you. Elders can't believe it for you. But listen to me, you show me a person who begins to realize who they are in Christ. And I'm not talking about that arrogant way. I'm talking about where humility is the center of our lives, where we realize that we were lost, we were bound, we were sinners, and Jesus showed up and changed us. He gave us hope when there wasn't any hope. He gave us a future. Come on, somebody. I was talking to a lady here in the church the other day whose son had passed away back in November, and she said, I'm holding on to the words that y'all bring. I'm holding on to the truth, and I know that I have a future, and I have a hope. And I looked at her, and I said, you do have a future. You have a future, and you have a hope. And she said, say that again. I said, you have a future and a hope. She said, say that again. I said, you have a future and a hope. And I realized she was messing with me at that point. And she said, I just want to hear that. I want to hear that I have a hope and I have a future. I'm here to tell you, church, that you have a hope and you have a future. And the great shepherd, listen to me, go, to, go, you know, go over to Psalms 23 and read. You can read this, Psalms 23. The great shepherd wants to protect you, wants to provide for you, wants to show up. And the scripture says that he'll show up with a staff and a rod to bring comfort to your life. And so comfort is a benefit of God. It's not something, it's not God's sympathy or, or man's sympathy because what I've learned in life is people can feel sorry for you, you can feel sorry for yourself, and it leads to a track to nowhere. All it is is a, is a big room of negativity, right? And so listen to me, wherever you're at today, I'm telling you, rise up and realize that God is here to console you, He's here to heal you, He's heal, here to move you forward. He wants to take you from where you are today and give you a hope and give you a future. Amen? And so it's a built-in. Everybody say comfort is a built-in. You know, you, ever, you, you, you go to buy a new camper or buy a new car, and all of a sudden you start looking at the, the built-in perks that come with that. And, you know, they always want to start you off showing you the biggest and the best, right? And you go to say, hey, I just want to, I want to buy an $8,000 camper. And they say, no, hey, before you do that, let me take you over here to this $70,000 camper. And you're like, should we do it? No, we shouldn't do it. Listen, we, my wife and I haven't looked at campers, but we're talking about it, right? So I know Joe has, though. He fell for the bait. And so in the process, you know, you go, and they always start you off because they want to show you the extreme. And, and what happens is, naturally, we go look at something. We Typically, most people go by and can't afford it, but they do it anyway. But in the kingdom of God, God says, hey, I want to show you my best. And maybe you're, in, maybe you're here shopping Jesus today. I don't know. But listen to me. Your world's going to be changed if you are. Maybe you're searching. Maybe, maybe you need a change in your life, something different. And so Jesus says, hey, come over here. Let me show you my best. My best loved you when, when, before you deserved to be loved. My best gave you a destiny from the beginning. My best gave you, gave you the promotions you need, the corrections you need. My best is here, and it looks real good. I mean, Jesus in the kingdom of God, his, you know, his best would be seats of gold. Come on, you know, say streets of gold. I want, I want a camper with seats of gold. How about that? I'm just kidding. I really don't want that. My point being is Jesus gives you the best, and not only does he offer the best, but he doesn't put you in a bind or a place of regret when you give your life over to his best. He comforts you. He heals you. He eases you. And takes you to a different place, and, and it's built in. I didn't ask for it, you, didn't, you know. That's what I love about God, and I want you to get that point today. His benefits come from Him. He's the source. The world can't give you comfort. A pill can't give you comfort. Another can, popping another can can't give you comfort. Another woman, another man can't give you comfort. All you end up with is a bunch of broken people trying to heal each other, and it doesn't work. 
The comforter comes from God. Come on, he sent his son. He sent the Holy Spirit to ease your pain, to heal you and to give you a hope and give you a future. Well, if I could just have this, if I could just meet this person, if I could just get in a different situation, listen to me, just, just shift your attention this morning. All you have to do is receive. Somebody say receive what God has for you. And so, so we're in a place today of talking about the comfort of God. I love the other aspect following that. It says he gives beauty for ashes. He gives beauty for ashes. Now listen, in the world, ashes represent finality. You take somebody in the natural, their house is burned. I remember when Scott Nelson's house burned down. They called and said, hey, Scott's house is on fire. We all ran over there and, 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 and literally you know, lost most of their things that day. And in the natural, it looks like, boy, we're starting over. You know, this thing isn't going to get any better. And just to see the faith that Scott operated in, him and his wife during that time, they never gave up. They never, never said one negative thing. And, and all of a sudden, the blessings and people just started reaching out and replacing things and mattresses and couches and all these material things. But in the world, and that's because of Scott's faith, but in the world... Ashes represent finality. It, when it, when it looks like it's over. In the world, when it looks like it, it's over, it, it, it really is. And that's how it appears. But in the kingdom of God, when the world looks like it's over, God's just getting started. And he, he's shifting something different. Are you with me here this morning? And so, so not only does he comfort us, but he replaces, he gives us recovery, and he replaces uh, beauty for ashes. And all of a sudden you look up and say, hey, hey, how does this work? Listen to me. Quit trying to figure out how it works and just receive it into your life. Maybe you're here today and you're starting over. Or maybe you're here today and, and, and you're in a place where you're dealing with those circumstances or losses. Or, uh, and I promise you, if you're not, you know someone who is. I'm telling you right now, come on, God wants to return beauty for ashes. He's a master at helping recovery. He's a master at redeeming time. I'm telling you, it's not too late. Just because circumstances took you to a certain place or take people to a certain place doesn't mean that it's over. Ashes may be finality in the world, but in the kingdom of God, come on, our provider's just getting started. And so, so there's an element where we look at life sometimes and say, my life has turned to ashes. Or this moment looks like it's over, or, or I just want to give up, or, or, you know, I don't have the hope in me anymore. Listen, shift to the benefits. Shift to the benefits. Some of you, I know you got it all together, and, you've lived, and, that, and that's great, but there's some people that don't. There's people that are hurting. There's people who are lost. There's people who are bound. There's people that are taking their own lives or want to take their own lives. And God wants to shift some things because he loves humanity. He gave his life for humanity. He wants to help people. He wants to redeem people. He wants to restore hope when it's been lost. He wants to give beauty for ashes. And if we'll rise up in our faith and say, God, I, I've, I, not only maybe you haven't seen the beauty, but I believe that you will see the beauty if you haven't. But I look up every day, and I've said this for years, is, you know, I went through some, some pretty bad times in my life, just like most of you, but I watched God recover and redeem it all. And so when I wake up in the morning, I see the blue in the sky. I see the green in the trees. Come on, somebody. I see the moments I appreciate when the, when, when the weather's shifting and it's going from hot to cold and you can feel the difference. And in the morning, you walked out with no jacket. By afternoon, come on, you need a jacket. That's fun. And it's part of the life that God came to give. And you may look and say, well, that's the most foolish thing that's ever happened. It may be. Come on, but I'm not hung over this morning. And so in our lives, listen, when we realize God replaces and wants to give beauty for ashes, he gives strength for fear, he brings hope to the hopeless. 
He brings comfort to those who mourn. He consoles those who mourn. Come on, I'm preaching real good this morning. And he stirs us up to take us to where he wants us to be. And, and, and it's built in. We couldn't buy it. Come on, he just gave it to us. You know, I thought about this week. I had this word burning in me since about Tuesday. And I thought, man, I'm going to carry this all week. I could feel it all week. And I thought, when I get to Sunday, I'm going to dump it on these people. And that's good. I'm going to eat some dinner. Come on. I can actually relax by Sunday afternoon. When God puts something in you for somebody else, come on, you got to give it out. you got to give it away. Listen, this isn't church this morning. This is the Spirit of God, the Word of God, the truth that's going from this place to your spirit. And so we got to rise up to do something different, say something different, meet someone else, take for life from where it is today to where God wants it to be. And I'm depending on the comforter because, listen, Pastor said it last week, when you step out to do something from God, it ain't like the devil just gives up. you got to walk it out by faith. Everybody say faith. And then the oil of joy, the oil of joy for mourning. You know, James chapter 1 verse, uh, chapter 1, verse 2 and 3 there says, Consider it all joy when you walk into trials. You know, you look at a verse like that and says, Man, that, how do you do that? Consider it all joy when you walk into trials. Joy doesn't come from a situation turning around. Joy is a gift. It's a fruit of the Spirit that only comes from God. Comfort comes from God. Beauty comes from God. Joy comes from God. And it's not something that has to do with emotions or has to do with, with trying to, to make you know, some scenario up to convince myself I'm happy. That's not what we're talking about today. Joy fills the, wor- the void that the world cannot fill. It, you hear people say, I'm empty. I'm, you know, I'm ashamed. I don't, I don't know where to step out. I don't know where to go. And, and what they're missing is joy because joy fills the void. Everybody say joy fills the void. And, and we look many times for circumstances to fill the void. If I could buy this, do this, meet this, and all of a sudden, you know, I'm looking for this void to be filled. Joy comes from Jesus. Everybody say joy comes from Jesus. Can I pass to you this morning? And so joy isn't something that you, you buy. It's not something that you get from a thrill Joy is a part of the fruit of the Spirit, and just like comfort, comforting those who mourn, joy is is something that only comes from God. He's the only one that can fill the void. He's the only one that can complete you. He's the only one that can heal the panic, the anxiety, all the things that Grace shouted out during praise and worship, they're saying out during praise and worship, all those things that come to to make you think that something's wrong with you. Listen to me, there, there was something wrong with all of us. There's something wrong with all of us. What's the, the, the denominator that makes the difference? Come on, is that Jesus fills the void. Joy fills the void. Everybody say joy. So joy, joy, you know, Scripture says a merry heart doeth good like a medicine. If you study that out, it means that God wants to console you with joy. God consoles you with joy, and it's like a medicine in your life. And so, you know, you look at here, and it says the oil of joy for mourning. And we know what mourning means, lost grief due to circumstance. And so, you know, you look at the, the word oil there, and, and which simply has to do with anointing. How many of you know Jesus is the Christ, the anointed one? He's the good shepherd. Everybody say shepherd. And, and, and so I'm going to talk real quick about sheep, and really this is Pastor Walt's deal. I've never messed with sheep. I only read about them, and I don't want to be around them. I, that ain't my deal. Come on. I grew up on a football field, not, not a pasture, but except for deer hunting and fishing and that kind of stuff. And so... You know, pastor is a master at teaching on shepherds and sheep. So we're going to leave most of that to him. But I was reading this thing about how they, in the Old Testament, they would, they would dip the, the sheep's head in oil. And they did that during the summertime 
so that the parasites wouldn't embed themselves in, in the head or in, in the, you know, the nasal, all that stuff. Listen, I, I'm just giving a story here. And so, but they would dip and rub the oil all over its head so that when the, the, the lice tried to come on or the parasites come on, because of the oil was so thick, they would just fall off. And so the oil of joy is God's anointing on your life. You can't anoint yourself, but you're under the shepherd. You're under the shepherd of the anointing. You're under the shepherd of the oil. Everybody say oil, the oil of joy. And so God smears it. He anoints your life. And really, what what I've discovered. You ever went tubing? Anybody ever been tubing on a river or something like that? If not, listen to me. You know you need to change your life. And. Uh, Went on, a, went on a 14-hour tube one time. I came back so sunburned. Come on. God had to replace my skin 18 times over. I needed more than comfort. Come on. I wanted to go to heaven right then. I was done. It seemed like a good idea. But you ever, you ever, you ever been on an inner tube so long that you rubbed your arms raw? And so, listen, there ain't nothing good about that. And so the anointing of God, being a son and daughter of God, standing as the righteousness of God, God begins to lubricate your life. And he takes his oil that only comes from him, and, you'll, and, and what it does is it's like when you walk through things that, and you look at it and say, I shouldn't have made it through that. I shouldn't have been able to overcome. I, I, I shouldn't have been able to go from that building to this building. I shouldn't have been able to go from this nation to that nation. I shouldn't have been able to get off of drugs or get off the things that are holding me bound. Come on, somebody. But all of a sudden, an anointing comes into your life, and it allows you to go. You still go through the circumstances. You still go through the valley. Psalm says, though you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you'll fear no evil. You're still going to go through those valleys. But there's an anointing on your life. Come on, somebody. That when you walk through that process, listen, it's because of the oil on your life. It's like, hey, if I'd had a little oil on my inner tube, my arms wouldn't have been raw, right? Well, I know that now. So every time I go, I just rub a little oil. I'm just kidding. I, I wear long sleeve shirts. I don't do that. But the oil of joy is part of the, God, the benefits of God. The oil of joy is part of the benefits of God. And so oil means to smear and to rub. The shepherds would smear it on the sheep's head to keep the parasites from taking over. How many of you are tired of the parasites in your life? The, the annoyances, the things out there that are just driving you crazy and the things you want to beat but you haven't beat or the things that are stirring in you that you want to do in vision and you're tired of the parasites in your life. Listen to me. What you need to do is just receive a little bit of the anointing of God. Let the comforter come comfort you. Let him turn your ashes into beauty. Come on, somebody. And let the anointing take you from where you are to where God wants to be. And in order to do that, you've got to have a little trust. Everybody say trust. You can't be in control. You've got to surrender control. Listen, he's not looking for the standout. He's looking for the submitted. And when the, when the person becomes submitted, his gift will be, the gift will begin to stand out, but Jesus will get the credit. Powerful. Everybody say powerful. Last thing, are you ready? This is better than the 49ers beating the Packers, I'm telling you. Make me want to sop it up with a biscuit. Comfort all who mourn. Console those who mourn, give beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning. Last part, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Now, don't get religious on me here. We're not going to break out the tambourines. Come on, somebody. You need to have an understanding of what praise does. It's not a cute little aspect of life. Come on, somebody. It's not something we do to be seen. It's not something we do to drum up our own feelings. Praise has to do with releasing 
God's power into the room, God's power into your circumstance, okay? And so uh, it says put on the garment of praise, and, and, and there's several ways. Many people teach us different ways, and I'm not going to get into all that. But one of the words that comes out of that is the word shiganoff. Everybody say shiganoff. I learned this from Walter Hallam years ago, and it, it was powerful. The word shiganoff, which is a cool word. I don't really know what it means, but it's a neat word. Everybody say shiganoff. And there's no point to that. I just wanted all of you to say that. I'm just kidding. There's a point. But the word shiganoff, it means, it, 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 it takes it from being just a poem or takes it from being just poetry or just, just you know, just a cute psalms or cute proverbs. And what it is, a shiganoff has to do with, it's a, it's a mixture of praise to God in the midst of pain. And, and it says this, it says that even though I'm in the midst of pain, I know who my comforter is. I know who my deliverer is. I know who heals my mourning. And it's a shout out to God during those moments. David cried till his clothes fell off or praised till his clothes fell off. And it says, I'm not going back. It's a praise that says I'm in the midst of pain, but my faith in God is at work. I'm receiving his benefits, and it's a praise that says this, I'm not going back to the ashes. I'm not going back to the ashes. And it be, it's a place of just recognizing that I'm in this circumstance of pain, but my God is faithful to his word. My God shed his blood. My God set me free. Are you with me here this morning? Paul and Silas were in, the jail, in jail in, in Acts chapter 16. They were, be, they were being beaten. You know, a, a girl with a certain spirit was driving them crazy, and, and Paul just cast the devil out of her. And so the scripture says that, that, that in the process that, that they got upset because it had to do with their, their income at the time, really. They got upset with Paul and Silas and beat them publicly, publicly. Threw them into jail, and the scripture says that they're in jail, and they begin to give praise to God. They begin to give shout out to God in the midst of their pain. And the scripture said that an earthquake began to happen. They began to shake. The doors busted free. The chains broke off their arms. And the scripture says that God freed them from that place. David was in a pit. He was in a place where he had missed God, where he had made some mistakes. The scripture says that he cried out to God in a shiganoff. Everybody say shiganoff. Come on, say it with me, shiganoff. And that may not be the right way to say it, but that's the West Texas way to say it. And so he began to give a shiganoff. He cried out to God. God heard his cry, delivered him from his place of ashes or his place of pain or an echo chamber, which his past was talking to him. And it says that, that God took him out of that place and set his feet on a rock. And so listen to me. In your life, what I'm telling you, understanding what praise does in your life, and it's not how you do it or, or doing it like somebody else. It's simply taking a moment to release something that's on the inside of you to know that this circumstance is real and this valley is real and this darkness I face is real. And when you leave from here, listen, this word may not apply today, but it might in five years. And so as you walk that thing out, you begin to say, hey, I could sit here in my own power, but I'm just gonna give God a shiganoff. And in the Old Testament, they would use a neganoff. They would say neganoff. That just simply means a stringed instrument. And they would take the poems of God, they would take the prophetic of God, they would take a word from God, 
and they would apply instruments with it, begin to give out a shiganoff so when they're in the midst of the storm, they're in the midst of the valley, they know they can't beat it themselves. Come on, but they know they have a God who can. And so stand to your feet with me this morning. Maybe you're in this place today and you said, Pastor, maybe I haven't received his benefits like I should. I think that's kind of the word today. Real quick, every head bowed and every eye closed, and you say, I'm tired of circumstances whooping me. I want to receive the comfort. I want to receive the joy. I want to receive the beauty for ashes. I want to receive strength from fear today. But I'm ready to receive God's best in my life. Listen to me. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand this morning. You're ready to give it over. I see those hands across the room. Listen to me. God wants to heal you. God wants to restore you. God wants to redeem you. He wants to stir you up to new things.